I can tell her anything and know she'd never rat me out. That's a lot rarer than it ought to be. In a few years, she'll drift away. When she gets into sixth grade, it'll all change. That's when girls start thinking about boys. That's when they turn mean. Last week, Annika was begging me to help pick out my tucks. Not that she had to. I would have taken her anyway. Without her or someone else from the family in the car, I'm not allowed to drive. Dad says, driving is not a right, but a privilege. He says he's doing it for my own good. If I had a gallon of gas for every time I heard that, I could have escaped to California by now. Dad figures with Annika in the car, I won't try anything stupid, and if I do, he's under the false impression she'll report back to him. The truth is, I'm really not such a bad driver. I've just had some bad luck. First of all, I should point out in my defense, and despite objections from the insurance company, that it was completely not my fault when I totaled the driver's Ed car. That distinction belonged to Mr. Bailey, the so-called instructor, the one who was there to teach me how to drive. He was hard to take seriously. After all, no one grows up wanting to be a driver's Ed instructor. In order to get that job, some serious vocational errors must be made along the way. Throw in the facts that he smelled like broccoli, never cleaned his glasses, and spoke often of Freemasonry, and it's not so hard to see how it came to this. Mr. Bailey didn't have too many driving tips to share, but he frequently ranted about how all the kids around here have been bred to be cogs in the machine, and they don't even know it. Maybe I was going a little too fast, but I only wanted to get out of the car. Bailey was babbling on and on about how fluoride is the main ingredient in rat poison. It lowers your IQ, crumbles your bones, and causes cancer. People think it's the TV that makes everyone slaves to the system, but it's the fluoride. After a while, he wasn't so hard to tune out. Later, Mr. Bailey would tell the cops, I told him to slow down. More than once he said that. That's the thing about conspiracy theorists. They never take personal responsibility for anything. Whatever happens is the result of some sinister plot. Even though he wasn't at the wheel, Mr. Bailey was in control. He had his own set of brakes. He could do what he wanted. Any objective observer could see it was Mr. Bailey who panicked, not me. Had he not freaked out and slammed on the brakes, we never would have fishtailed into the plaza in front of City Hall, headed straight for a statue of our city's namesake. When Christopher Columbus hit the ground, his head fell off and rolled down Front Street. You might have seen a picture of it in the paper. No one got hurt, but everyone acted like it was a sign of the coming apocalypse. At the time, though, I couldn't stop laughing which is probably why the cops thought I was drunk. But what was even funnier was Mr. Bailey. He was having a fit, wheezing about how he wasn't going to be framed. I don't know why he was so upset. He only told me a dozen times how Columbus was a slave trader and a rapist, and how if the natives didn't bring him all the gold he wanted, he'd chop off their arms. Mr. Bailey often said, 
Everything they teach you in that stuck-up school is a lie, a goddamn lie. The destruction of such an esteemed civic icon really would have been a wonderful opportunity for Mr. Bailey to initiate a citywide dialogue over why our landlocked town is named after the seafaring Christopher Columbus in the first place. But all he could talk about was how I was trying to ruin his life, like he hadn't already done that all on his own. I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. It wasn't really a big deal to me going to a department store to get fitted for a tux, but Annika has always loved getting dressed up. Any occasion will do. She's old-fashioned that way. Monroe, we're going to the Lazarus downtown, right? That's right. Not the one at the mall? Yes, we're going downtown. And you're going to wear that? The Lazarus store downtown used to be a pretty elegant place, unlike the one at the Chelsea Mall, which is a fortress made of glazed turquoise brick. Mom calls it architectural vomit. But the downtown Lazarus is different. It's like 1948, not that I know what 1948 was like, but when you walk through the cast iron doors, you could be walking into a black and white movie. Lazarus keeps the tuxedos on the fourth floor in the back. I wanted to get one in baby blue, just to make it clear I wasn't taking the prom seriously, but Annika would have none of that. Monroe, she said, you'll look back at pictures of yourself and wonder what you were thinking. Is that what you want? I look at myself in the mirror and cringe as it is. I can't imagine how looking back on photos will be any different. She insisted on a classic cut. You'll look like William Powell and Emily will be Myrna Loy. Or better yet, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Annika wants to be a dancer. She watches those old movies all the time. When I came out of the dressing room, she came right up to me all serious, brushed off my lapels, and asked, May I have this dance? I'm telling you, she's going to break some hearts someday. She really will. You'll see. Of course, my lady. I know it sounds kind of gay, dancing with your sister like that, especially in public, but we've always danced together. It's the one thing my mother insisted on. Dance lessons. There are a lot of things you can fake in this life, and dancing is not one of them, she said. It's right up there with... People always say, dance like no one's watching, but the thing to remember is this. They are watching, and you can bet they wish they were dancing too. Annika and I used to dance all the time. It didn't matter that I have about a foot and a half on her. She could always keep up. It wasn't cheesy, you know, like at weddings when you see old people dancing with little girls. She really knew what she was doing. People at school used to call me a faggot because I took dance class like it was something to be ashamed of. And it worked. I was ashamed. Being called a faggot will do that to you. I wanted to quit, and Mom would have let me, too. But first, she asked me one question. So... What do the boys who call you names do at the school dances? I told her they all hang around on the edges. They don't dance at all. That's interesting. You're dancing with girls, and they're not. Yet, you're the faggot? Sometimes the most obvious things go right over your head when you're a kid. We finished with a big dip, 
and the clerks all clapped. It figures. They sell clothes. Annika never worried if people laughed at her. She always assumed everyone else was in on the joke, and I've always assumed the joke was on me. When I was 11, I was mortified if I wasn't wearing the right shoes to school. But Annika just never cared what other people thought. Maybe if you don't care, other people don't care much either. Maybe it's like how dogs only bite people who are afraid of them. After they made some alterations, we got milkshakes at the old-fashioned fountain on the fourth floor. There was no one else there. It was just us and Sam, the old black man who works the counter. He's been working at Lazarus forever. Sam's a nice man, but kind of slow. Mom says he's thick, just like his shakes. It doesn't look like anyone comes here much anymore, I said. They don't, son. They sure don't, Sam said as he continued polishing the counter, not missing a beat. He concentrated his efforts on one spot, gliding his hands over and over it again. I inhaled my shake, but Annika took her time. She said, Mr. Sam, you make the best milkshakes in the world. He just smiled and kept rubbing that one spot, considering the praise. Then he looked up at us and said, I wish I could make more. When I was a kid, before they built a new mall next door, Lazarus was packed on Saturdays. But sitting there looking at Sam, it felt like we were at a museum visiting a relic from the past, like the way they have blacksmiths banging out horseshoes and women spinning lamb's wool at the Ohio Historical Society. If they ever close the store, maybe that's where Sam will end up, in a museum.